I think Tevez going to Juventus, what, what a coup that was for me. I mean, On a head-to-head -head battle, Atletico Madrid can do uh, more damage to Barcelona than the other way around. Either he's really blind or he's fixing the match. I, I can't see it any other way. I'm, I'm trying to get Sir Bob on my side here by saying City will win the Premier League. It, it is an upset. You would expect Man United to go and win there. Over a billion dollars was paid in transfer fees uh, between the clubs in, in Europe. It's football. It's damn football. Like Ferguson said, football. Bloody marvelous. Yeah, well, the celebration was, I can't believe I just scored against Mexico. Uh, at one point, Parma, I think it's only like 224 players under contract. Hey, they're gonna throw me out of here, fellas. You're gonna get me arrested on your show. If you're a serious talent, you're going back and you're playing for Santos. You, you know, you're going back to, to play for, like, in Argentina for River Plate or Boca Juniors, or you're going to Europe. He looked like the Ryan Giggs of old. He was more creative than any player on the pitch. Um, he made Matter look stupid. He made Rooney look silly. Now, the Premier League is what the most exciting league out there. I think it's probably the best marketed league without a question. When you look at the draw for the, the Champions League, you kind of say, well, all the pieces kind of fell into place for everybody except City. I am your host, Joe Ucello. Sir Bob, Mike Orr, my co-host, Rob Rojas. My trusted co-host, Ben the Machine. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to episode 371 of Low Limit Football on this 20th of November, 2022. I am your host, Joe Ucello, and tonight we bring you our World Cup preview show, the final preview show as they get set to kick off later on today for the 2022 World Cup in Qatar. Let me bring my co-host in here, Mr. Roberto Rojas. You excited for this one, my man? Yes, yes I am. Hi Joe, it's been four years since we've been able to see a ball kicked at a World Cup. The last goal was a, I think it was a goal from Mansukic if I'm not mistaken. But in any case, we are back. The World Cup begins today. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about the games that we're about to see. A lot of storylines to get into. You know, obviously our predictions and more importantly, who we feel will win the 2022 World Cup being played in a new country during a new season. Uh, you bring you bring back great memories of Super Mario. Watching that World Cup final, I was in Senior Frogs in San Juan, Puerto Rico, watching this match. So uh, I, I'm not going to be anywhere special this time, um, <laughs> which is unfortunate. Uh, it is a Winter World Cup, and we're going to get into the, the pitfalls of that in just a minute. But uh, just want to give everyone a heads up that we have released all of our group previews for this world cup if you didn't get a chance check out our twitter page they are all posted there you can go on spotify you can go on apple podcasts definitely go ahead download listen to them 30 different guests for 32 countries um all major major journalists in their uh in their home fields and uh it was a fantastic project that you and i got to take uh take on again this year four years later and, um, you know, it, it is it is an undertaking, but uh, I kind of look forward to it in four years from now when we're doing it for 2026 in this country. It's going to be out of this world. So um, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. We've got to decide 2022 before we get there. And my friend, I'm just going to go to my um, message here because I'm going to give you the trivia question tonight. So if you're ready for it, let's uh, do it. This is compliments of Bleacher Report. I saw this one a few days ago. Um, among 
active players, okay, so active players going to this World Cup, can you give me the leader in goals and the leader in assists? Uh, career. Ooh. So active leaders in goals and the active leader in assists going to this World Cup. All right. And it's just and it's and it's just one name for it's two different names for each. It could be two different names for each. It could be the same Ooh. name. I don't know. You know, that's Ooh. part of the trivia. It's, okay, you know, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm, so I'm, I'm, you, ooh, okay. You got right. you've got to answer two questions, my friend, at the end of this show. I'm here. I think you're gonna be surprised. All right, let's talk about it, man. Let's so let's talk about first, let's talk about the injury bug, right? And let's get into it because it was funny. You know, earlier this week I was listening to Jason Davis on the United States of Soccer on Sirius XM, and he was talking about like questioning if the you know, we're seeing many injuries and he's questioning if the the timing of this World Cup has any if anyone's done a study, if anything uh has done if anyone's done a study as to if anything has been looked at about the timing of this World Cup in relation to injuries. One of the biggest, most recent injuries is Sadio Mane, obviously going to miss this World Cup now with the um, with the news that he will be out and, and possibly, Roberto, for a while. They're talking about maybe surgery for him. Uh, so just a brutal, brutal uh, thing to happen for really one of the nicest guys in world football, right? His, his, his uh, charity has been well documented. And um, the the champion of the African Cup of Nations, he is the leader of that team, the captain. It's just it's a brutal, brutal loss for Senegal, and I think we'll talk about them when we make our predictions. But some of the injuries we're seeing, in, uh, you know, England to start decimated. You know, Reese uh, Reese James, Kyle Walker is banged up. James Madison, I believe, is going to end up making this uh, World Cup. Uh, ben Chilwell is going to be out of this one. Emil Smith Rowe is going to be out of this one. We look at France with N'Golo Kante missing this one. Paul Pogba, Mike Magnan missing this one. The guy that led AC Milan to uh, to the title last year. I mean, obviously they have Hugo Lloris, but I think many would say that Magnan at this point is the number one. Uh, you know, there are many, many other injuries, even on France with, you know, between Kimpembe, Lucas Hernandez, Rafa Varane. There's so many injuries coming up. I'm going to ask you a question because I've been thinking about this one in my head for weeks now as these injuries come rolling in. Does this World Cup deserve an asterisk because we're not going to get the best players at the top of their game playing in the pinnacle competition of world sport? No. Okay. No. Why, why, why should it? Well, I mean, I, I don't think we see this level of injury and, and and this goes into going back to Jason Davis and his question, does does the World Cup in Qatar in I shouldn't say in Qatar, does the World Cup in the winter play into the mass injury pandemic that we've seen in world soccer? And I'm not going to say it, it is the direct effect, but it is a contributing factor to this World Cup because the club teams who pay these salaries and own these players and pay the millions upon millions upon billions upon billions of dollars have decided to microwave their seasons so that they could get all their competitions in, make all their money before they send these players off. And, and case in point, the World Cup, I'm sorry, the Champions League, we have already had the draw to the round of 16 before November 20th. Okay. So, if we're talking about a World Cup in June when it's traditionally held, 
not only have those players bounced out of the World Cup, because I mean, I'm sorry, the Champions League, because at that point, by Memorial Day here in this country, you only have two teams in the Champions League final. So all the other teams are gone. We've gone from that level where the season is winding down, these players are getting their midweek rest, to a point where they're playing two and three matches a week, and then you're throwing them into two friendlies before you send them out to the World Cup to play this competition. It's it's insane. So is the is the Qatari World Cup a contributing factor? Yes, it is. Is it the only factor? Absolutely not. It is definitely one of the major factors of the injury bug that we're looking at is the greed of the owners and UEFA and all the other federations that are, are, are sending players to this World Cup. And I'm going to add that I think ultimately... The United States is going to do very well, and and Mexico, I think, will do better than what most people think because many of their players that play in MLS and Liga MX will be rested. Um, You know, there is no—the season in MLS has been over now for two or three weeks. So I I think there is a a big part of that, and I'd like your thoughts on it because I think it's a multifaceted question or concept. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's it's difficult. This was always going to be the risk that happened when, I mean, we can go back to 2010, right around this time, actually, 12 years ago when it was first awarded. And look at the huge domino effect that has happened to get us to this point. Mm-hmm. There's nothing we can do. What's happened has happened, um, especially us as fans. There's nothing we can do, but just look at what we can see. But yeah, it it should serve as a reminder as to why something like this should never happen again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously the the schedule in football has always been so condensed these days anyway. So these guys are playing 60, 70 games a year in a season regardless. So where do we go in terms of limits? How much can all these players get to their breaking point? We don't know, but hopefully hopefully that come 2026 where we'll have more teams which means even more things to worry about Mm. that there is that priority for the club game because everyone's coming everyone plays from different parts of the world as well as you know this joe Mm -hmm. some seasons are done in some of these countries where players are going so it's not just what's going on in europe it's going in south america it's going north america africa asia oceana that's where that's going through their things as well. So sure. but we, we can go on that end as well. But in terms of an asterisk, no. No, you can't change history. I mean, yes, the, the circumstances are not suitable, of course. Um, and, you know, we can go on and on in a tangent as to why Qatar got this World Cup. But that's not, well, that's not what we're talking about here today. Yeah. And, you that's know, the football, you know, and, I, and I'll be honest with you, you know, maybe one of these days we'll we'll actually spend an entire podcast on on that. I mean, if you want if you want some good stuff, I was watching the um, FIFA Uncovered on uh, on Netflix. I, I know you saw it, too, my friend, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, so if you want to get into the whole backdoor stuff, uh, you know, I read the book, The Ugly Game, which I finally finished. Uh, it took me forever. And my wife laughed at me, but my goal was to finish it before the World Cup. And I did. Um, and then watch FIFA Uncovered with um, on, on uh, Netflix there, you know, and get all that backstory that you want. Make your own conclusions or whatever. You and I are going to focus on the soccer, you know, the football that's played on the pitch. That's that's where our focus is going to be. So um, let me ask you one more question about injuries before we walk away from it and go on to our brackets. 
with all the players that we've seen injured, if you had to put together a World eleven of players that will definitely miss this World Cup, do you think you could put together a team that's good enough to win it? Yes, absolutely. I think so. Would too. they win it? I don't know, but they were definitely as a contender. The ball is round, but yes, exactly. The, 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 the team that you'd put together for this, based on the injuries, could win the World Cup um, for sure. So let's, um, let's drop it there. Let's, let's go to our bracket predictor and, and talk about picking who's going to go on in this World Cup. Um, if you got a chance, definitely go back and listen to our podcasts uh, by group. Roberto, you and I made our predictions for who would come out of the group at the end of every podcast. So definitely go and check that out. There are time markers. Like I said, go check our Twitter. Um, There are time markers as to when those segments all start. Definitely worth listening to in preparation for your favorite team or teams in your group um, going into this World Cup. But let's look at it. okay? so uh, let's let's look at Group A, the host Qatar opening up uh, later on today against Ecuador. We have the Netherlands and Senegal as well. Um, if memory serves me correctly, my friend, uh, we predict, we predicted Netherlands to win this group and we predicted Senegal to, uh, come out second. The Sadio Mane injury information is certainly concerning, uh, in terms of the talent being able to go ahead and, and accomplish that feat. But I do think they're still good enough in all other areas that they're going to be able to get out, um, with this team. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's really much to change. I think, yeah, it could be, uh, a toss-up now between Ecuador and Qatar maybe trying to ruin the party. We'll see if a host country can indeed continue the streak of, of doing well. But, yeah, I think I'm going to stay put with that and say and then, and then, yeah, Netherlands, Senegal, Ecuador, Qatar as my group. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and I'm with you as well. And, uh, you know, just going back and looking, obviously Sadio Mane is the big injury. Keita Balde is also injured. Um, and, uh, and and I believe he is not in the uh, the final 26. Pape Cisse. Uh, was injured and Bonasar also injured in this one and uh, you know they're, they're suffering in some injuries their their challenger I think you and I would agree would be Ecuador ultimately and Ecuador comes in reasonably healthy uh, into this one from what we've seen so I, I think I would stick with mine as well so let's talk about Netherlands uh, number one Senegal number two Ecuador number three and, uh, and and Qatar number four which would be if I remember correctly the first time uh, a host country would finish fourth in this one so um, let's go on to group B England, the United States, Iran, Wales, what you and I ultimately in our podcast called the group of death, given that all four of these teams are ranked in the top 20 in the world, according to the FIFA rankings. If I recall correctly, you and I had England one USA two coming out of this group. Um, I think you and I placed a big focus on the USA Wales match coming up on Monday, the 21st, that it could go a long ways in deciding this group. But, uh, but I think ultimately England and USA, one and two, I, I'm sticking with that myself. How about you? Yeah, yeah, I am too. Um, it's, it's still, it's probably one of the, it probably is the toughest group to decide out of all of the eight ones, but I still think England win it. USA just slightly go past Iran and Wales in this one. Yeah, and I think if I remember correctly, if memory serves me right, we picked Iran fourth and Wales third. And uh, I, I I might be inclined to, to switch that. What about your thoughts? Yeah, no, I would too. England, USA, Iran, Wales in that order. Yeah, in that order. I think I'm with you on that one. So, you know, not much to discuss there. Um, uh, you know, obviously we had Grant Wall uh, was a great guest for that one. So go check out his stuff at grantwall.com. Um, we had great guests for all of our, our, our previews as well. So 
Uh, Group C, Argentina, Poland, Mexico, Saudi Arabia. Uh, This one is straightforward at the top, right? I mean, you and I both had Argentina by a mile. Um, I think you said, I I forget, there was a crazy prediction. I made a hot... uh, you know, a hot take that I said Argentina wouldn't even concede a goal. Yeah, you did say that. I did say that, and I'm going to stick with that. Um, Argentina in this group with Robert Lewandowski, you know, looming there, and Raul Jimenez looming there, will not concede a goal in the group stage of the 2022 World Cup. That's my prediction. Book it. And I've got Poland first. Argent. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh my goodness. Argentina first. Poland second. Mexico third and Saudi Arabia fourth. And this is where you and I disagreed on our preview shows. Um, your thoughts, my friend. Yeah, I still think after all the crises that Mexico have been going through, even as we talk a few days after after the uh, their loss to Sweden, somehow they're going to do it. I, have, I just have this weird feeling. So I say Mexico will finish up Poland. I just don't think this Poland side is good enough. Um, in the big tournament, at least of recently. So with that, Argentina, Mexico, Poland, Saudi Arabia. Poland, Mexico on uh, on Tuesday. Uh, that is mm-hmm. obviously, you know, with, with our predictions, the way things are going, that is going to be one of the hottest matches to watch to open this World Cup. Um, so definitely get on that at 11 a.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time on uh, on Tuesday. Let's go to Group D, my friend. France, Denmark, Tunisia, and Australia. You and I... Um, remarkably agreed on this one when we talked to our guests for this one, Nicholas Dang and, uh, and Jonathan Johnson, and also given the, the injuries to Paul Pogba and Golo Kante, you know, the, the slew of injuries that Francis is under with, uh, w- with this squad going in, you and I both took Denmark, if I remember correctly, to win this group and France to finish second, Tunisia, third, Australia, fourth. I think we were both pretty set on that. I am I'm not inclined to change my my prediction there. Um, I, I think that the decimation of injuries for France is really going to be something that is going to be difficult to overcome as they go through this World Cup, even though they are very deep. They are very talented. Um, they even have a little bit of youth on their side. But I just I feel like this Denmark side, no one's taking them seriously enough and they are really, really good. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that too. I mean, I think this France side, for all the talent that they have, I think they just fall a bit short of winning that group. Mm. They could as well self-collapse and be the fourth straight world champion to not advance to the uh, the round of 16. So with that, that could indeed happen, but I'm sticking with my prediction. I think this Denmark side has something to prove and I think could indeed shock some people. So I'm going to say Denmark 1, France 2, Tunisia 3, Australia 4. And, and as I hinted in our um, in, in our previews, that France-Tunisia match is going to be interesting. I think there's something under the surface there that's worth fighting for between the two sides. Um, but I agree. I think Denmark will win this group. I think France will finish second. Uh, Tunisia third, Australia fourth. And it will be a death knoll for France as they move through. Because if I remember correctly, and we'll look at the, at the brackets, finishing second for France means you get Lionel Messi and Argentina. So... We'll, uh, we'll take a look at that in just a little bit. Group E, Germany, Spain, Costa Rica, Japan. This is another uh, podcast for me personally that I really, really enjoyed. Some great, great guests, uh, Rick Sharma, Kevin Hatchard, um, Andre Yanez, and uh, Dan Orlowitz in this one. Lots of fun, lots of information from all of them. Um, 
you know, Japan, we saw them in their prep matches back in September. They they are a very, very well-organized team. We've seen that. We've talked about it ad nauseum. But they showed it, uh, you know, and then and basically just manhandled the United States with with discipline, with counterattacking. This is a good side. It's a, it's a it's a really good side. And I know we made our predictions and I think ultimately I'm going to stick to our predictions. But, man, this this is the Japanese side to me that can kind of stir the pot. What are your thoughts on this group? Yeah, I mean, they could. They could indeed try to ruin the party, but I still think there's two sides that are just dominant enough to beat the other two and, and are a class above the rest. So I think with that, I'm still going to say Spain and Germany go through, and I'm going to go for La Roja to finish first and Germany to finish second. Um, below them, Japan in third and Costa Rica, who maybe can do a miracle like they did in 2014. I don't think it could happen this time around, fourth place. Yeah, I agree with you there too. Um, this Spanish side is very, very, very interesting. Um, young, talented, and, and like I said, um, just just a very interesting side. Germany, you wonder, I, I mean, you know, I, I heard Kevin Hatchard earlier this week on the radio talk about Germany is going to go the way their Bayern Munich players go, and Serge Gnabry is playing very, very well right now. Leroy Sané is working very, very hard right now. Musiala is is really coming into his own now. And, and these guys, you know, will definitely add a spark to the German lineup and the German play. But I just feel like the Spanish side is just slightly more talented, uh, ultimately. And, and it's going to be you know, definitely going to be fun to watch that Spain-Germany matchup when it comes up uh, later on in the tournament. Group F, Croatia, Belgium, Canada, Morocco. Um, you and I have talked about the fact that Belgium is possibly in the twilight of their golden age. Croatia, obviously runners up to the World Cup. In 2018, uh, Morocco, uh, a talented side in Canada, really upstart team. Um, Alfonso Davies had an injury scare, but it looks like he's going to be fine. They're going to come in reasonably healthy into this one. And and they're and I think Canada is going to surprise some teams. I, I think they're they're going to surprise with how talented they actually are. And uh, and I think ultimately the group is going to go the way we thought it was going to go. But I think there's going to be some surprises here. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, it's another open group here, but I still think the Europeans are, are just a bit better than the rest. Mm. I think this Belgian side is very talented. We'll see if it's really worth the hype of them trying to go far in this tournament. We'll see what happens there. And with Croatia, I think they're still talented enough that they can not repeat the same efforts that they did four years ago, but at least try to, you know get to that level so and and you know it, it would be amazing to see canada do something in their first world cup since 1986 same thing for morocco uh who haven't been past the, the group stage in quite some time mm. but that being said i still think belgium and croatia are above the rest and i think respectively belgium in first Croatia in second morocco in third and canada in fourth and i agree with you on that rotation as well luka modric is timeless um and i think he'll prove that he's timeless but I don't think it'll be enough to uh, supplant Belgium at the top spot of this group. So I think Belgium, Croatia, Morocco, Canada as well. And I think I think at the bottom end, at the Morocco-Canada end, we could very well see a tie based on goals, goal differential, that sort of thing. I think that the bottom group, not that they're playing for anything at that point, but I think it's going to be very interesting to see how close Canada is being so far for removed from the World Cup that uh, they're going to challenge a Moroccan side that is very, very good. Um, and usually one of the considered one of the top teams in Africa. It's going to be great to see where those two teams pan out against each other when all is said and done. So uh, Group G, let's get down to Group G with uh, we've got uh, obviously one of the big favorites, Brazil, Switzerland, Serbia, Cameroon. This is another 
very, very tasty group. Um, there is the political uh, undertones that are going to be part of that Switzerland-Serbia match as the last match. That match is probably also going to be for who who advances in this group. Um, and, you know, this is the one that I don't exactly remember who I picked second. I think everyone knows who you picked first, but... Um, when we when we talked about Serbia with Sonia Nikšević, she was she was a little hesitant to pick Serbia to do very well because they don't normally do very well, if you remember correctly in our in our interview. But uh, you know, I, I'd like your thoughts on this group, and then we'll talk about how we how we picked what we picked. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously Brazil are a cut above the rest. I think I think we know this, so they're going to win this group easily. But it it is that big one between Serbia and Switzerland, the one that you know could indeed decide this entire group as a whole. I just think that just for me, in my personal opinion, and I think Sonia's going to like this if she hears it, <laughs> I think Serbia just edge out Switzerland in a, what will be a very entertaining game. Um, but for what you believe as your hot take, couldn't be one that might not even have any cards in it. So I'm going to say Brazil to win it, Serbia second, Switzerland just missing out in third. Cameroon and four. Yeah, that was uh, somebody had asked about like you know, you know one of your joke hot takes on Twitter, and I said the Switzerland Serbia game will have no cards because <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's that's impossible. I think you might want to even take the uh, the over on the over under and red cards in this one because I think there could be some serious tensions in it. I agree with you, Brazil first by a mile, uh, Serbia second, Switzerland third, Cameroon fourth. And uh, and that Serbian Switzerland match is going to be one uh, one for the ages. I also think. Uh, let me ask you this question real quick in this group before we go away. Sure. Is this the group that could have the most total goals in it? Um. See, I feel it was a thought that went through my head, and I feel like this is the group. Like, if when you tally all the all the goals scored by group, I feel like this group has the most goals. I think the next one has a good shot of it too, to be honest. I I agree. Um, Well, South Korea in the next group, I think is going to provide enough defense to kind of limit that, that hemorrhaging. Yeah, it's up there. I mean, I I Mm. think, well, we'll see how many Argentina. Uh, Yeah, That was the other group. That was the other group that I questioned that that made me question it was, um, was the Argentina group, because I feel like one of those two groups is going to lead all groups in goal scoring. And I'll, and I'll, I'll take it a step further. The goal, the, the group that scores the least amount of goals, I'm going to say is Group B, the uh, the England-USA. Mm, yeah, and that, that, that is a very conservative group from yeah. what I see. So, yeah, I think, yeah, why not? I, I think Group G might be the one with the most goals in it. Just something to keep an eye out. Group H, Definitely. Group H, Portugal, Portugal, Uruguay, Ghana, South Korea. We've seen all the drama this week. Cristiano Ronaldo throwing everybody, including the janitor at Manchester United, under the bus. Um, and running him over repeatedly. Uh, we saw the cold shoulder from Bruno Fernandez in the uh, in the locker room. Some tried to play it off as that it wasn't a, a cold shoulder. It's just that these guys have seen each other day in and day out every day, so there was no big deal. Uh, I, I, I'm calling shenanigans on that one. I think there was a little bit of friction there. It did not look like a normal, hey, happy to see you greeting. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to wonder about what's going to happen with this Portuguese side. Again, Ultra, ultra talented, right? Um, but again, a- another injury. Diogo Jota is out of this World Cup due to injury. One of the one of the more talented Portuguese players. Period. 
Um, there's the Rafael Leal question uh, in this match. And then there's Uruguay, right? We've got uh, Darwin Nunez, who is, uh, who's really starting to make a name for himself or trying to make a name for himself in Port, uh, at Liverpool. We've got Luis Suarez and Edson Cavani. We've got a, a team that's been rejuvenated after Tabata has left. You know, Ghana is always interesting. South Korea, another very disciplined side. We had a great interview with Steve Price on, on that particular side. This is, is going to be a fun group to watch. Um, but I think everyone is going to focus on the Cristiano Ronaldo drama coming out of this. Does uh, Fernandes play him? Does you know how does he play? Does he play well? Does he start? Does he come off the bench? Does he play at all? These are going to be massive, massive questions that weigh on the Portuguese side in general, and I think it's too much of a distraction for them. What are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, that, that's it. It's you know you don't always want to go into a World Cup where there's drama. I mean, it, it does happen to teams. Some of them go through it. Some of them don't. Mm-hmm. We'll see what Portugal can do. But I think even with that, I still think this Uruguay side have enough to to, to cause, I wouldn't say a surprise, but definitely cause a, a bit of, a, of an earthquake in this case uh, to, to all the other teams in, in this group. So I'm going to say Uruguay to win it, Portugal in second. You know, South Korea and Ghana is, are two fun teams to watch, but I think ultimately both of them miss out in third and fourth, respectively. Yeah, and Uruguay, if I remember correctly, qualified third for the World Cup out of Conmebol um, behind Brazil and Argentina. And Argentina's side, that's on an epic uh, run of unbeaten play. They're ch- if, they, if they come out on top at the end of this World Cup, they will beat Italy's record that they set last year. So... You know, for for Uruguay to come in third, and and really they were they were in in it neck and neck for a while. I I think is a is a, is a testament to how good this team is that that people are missing on. So, let's uh let's let's get into the bracket now because we've given you first and second on everybody, right? And so yeah, so let's look at the round of sixteen. Um, and I'm gonna take it from the top of my round of sixteen. Uh, group one uh, A, Netherlands versus uh two B, USA. Right? You have the same thing. Uh, yes, I do. So okay. I think what we should do is I think we should choose um, each game and, and just go from it. All just right. Pick which one we're going to do. Netherlands, USA. I, I've got the Dutch beating the USA. I think this Dutch side is is really talented. Um, we were chatting with a with a bunch of folks uh, in, in one of our chat groups the other day, um, and, and including Jaron Elshoff, who is who did a great preview for the Netherlands for us. We're talking about uh, Matthias De Ligt and Stefan de Vrij actually starting on the bench for this Dutch side. You know, they're, they're so talented defensively, you don't realize it. They're so talented offensively, you, and you know about, you know, the beautiful game that the Dutch do play, right? That Johan Cruyff, all of that stuff. And and you look at them defensively, and you're like, wow, they're ridiculously good. Um, so, yeah, for me, the Dutch are going to beat the United States. U.S., I think that the, the World Cup they're going to challenge at is, is obviously 2026. When they're home, they are four years and a World Cup experience. Um, so for me, yeah, the Dutch beat the U.S. in the round of 16. And I would say the same thing. I mean, we kind of hinted it with Grant Wall in our interview how this could be a Belgium situation like we did in 2014 where the Dutch, you know, dominate but, you know, don't score as much. I think I see a similar thing if it does come to that. But ultimately, uh, Louis van Hals or Jeremy head to the quarterfinals. Totally. They will face the winner of, according to our predictions, Argentina and France, like we said. Um, I'm going to let you go first on this one, my friend. Ooh, a rematch of the of the classic 4-3 win for France in the round of 16 as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this, this is going to be a big one. One of the contenders are going to be out of the World Cup. Um, whoever loses this one, 
I think I see a similar one. I think it's going to be a really big thriller. Um, not, not, we don't always get back-to-back thrillers in World Cups between the two same, the same teams. I mean, yeah, you, you could probably get it from like Argentina and England, who have faced each other so many times that they've always had classic games. But I think, um, I think ultimately, I, I do see a high-scoring one. I think it'll definitely be a high-scoring one. But for me. I think there's something there's there's this mystique to this Argentina side. I think there's something in there. They want revenge. Typically, games like these from rematches, they go out and play with a lot more fire in them. So with that, I see another similar game, maybe a three, two, four, three, maybe into extra time or penalties. But ultimately, Argentina go through to the quarterfinals. Everything you said and then some. Um, same idea. I think this game is different. I think it plays different with N'Golo Kante in the middle. Um, I think N'Golo Kante would be the, the stopgap that France would need. Um, and, and obviously, between Chalmeni and, and guys like Kamavinga, I think they, they have very good talent. But N'Golo Kante is N'Golo Kante. And, and it, missing N'Golo Kante is going to be one of the biggest misses that we are going to see as fans in this World Cup. And Argentina is going to make them pay for it. Um, I agree. Argentina, I don't think it's going to go to extra time. I don't think it's going to go to penalties. I think Argentina is going to flat out win. Um, I do feel like a 3-1, 3-2 type situation in this one. But Argentina will move on to face the Netherlands. Let's look at the next matchup. Spain, Croatia, according to the way you and I have it, my friend. And uh, and here, uh, you know, Croatia, I think this is about time where the age will show on them. I think having to play this many matches in this many days, coming off of long stretches of their European seasons, I, th- I think the Spanish side is youthful. I think it is rejuvenated. And I think that Spain will move on in this matchup. What are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I think the Spain side is full of rejuvenation. It's fun. It has youth in them. That might be enough to to really cross out this entire, sorry, cancel out this Croatian side. Who, this could be Luka Modric's last game in a Croatia shirt, and you know, <laughs> kind of a interesting storyline that he does it against the, the the home country that where he plays his club game for the last decade. So, mm. I'd say, yeah, I think Luis Enrique's side live another day and head to the quarterfinals. And they will face the winner of, according to our predictions, Brazil and Portugal. Um, two Portuguese-speaking countries, um, but I think two teams that organizationally are in opposite directions. Uh, we, we've talked about Cristiano Ronaldo and Nauseam. I feel like we haven't talked enough about Neymar, and, and I think because we haven't talked enough about Neymar, that's probably a good thing for this Brazilian side. There's no real distraction, in my opinion, from what I've seen coming out of Brazil, and that a focused Brazil, my God, is a dangerous, dangerous, dangerous side. I've got Brazil beating Portugal. I've got him beating them pretty handily. I, I would even say almost like a, a 2-0, 3-0, and it might not be that close. What are your thoughts? No, I, I, I disagree on that one. Okay. I, I, don't, I think it'll be close. It's a, it's a rivalry, let's be fair. Two mm-hmm. teams that, you know, one is the mother country, the other one isn't. Sure. But one has five World Cups, the other one doesn't. So that being said, I think Cristiano Ronaldo would want to close out and you know obviously spoiling my result in here i think he would want to close out a wonderful career with this portugal team playing at his absolute best but having said that i think brazil like you said will convincingly win this one i'm gonna say 2-1 actually i think it'll be a bit more closer in my opinion i think portugal find their way through and brazil who will cruise through the group stage and will continue to do that um 
in this game in the round of 16. All right, next matchups coming up. England-Senegal. Uh, you know, this one I think is pretty straightforward. Uh, the Senegalese, the the uh, Taranga Lions, champions of Africa, are going to run into a very, very difficult spot here with England. I think this match will be close, but I do think England will come out on top on this one. I think, I think there's just too much talent on the English side not to come out on top on this one. What are your thoughts on it or with England or Senegal moving through? Yeah, yeah, this is the this is a good one. I think obviously very entertaining two two teams that are very entertaining, but I think England just have enough quality to get through them and it it would be disappointing to see a side that is a a neutral's favorite basically mm-hmm. um get eliminated so early, but I think the the quality gets to that. So I'm going to say England head to the quarterfinals. And they will face the winner of Denmark and somebody I'm going to say it that way because you and I differ in this particular spot. I have Denmark, Poland. And um, again, this Danish side for me is going to be not is going to be, I think, is one of the dark horses of this tournament, um, as my predictions will later on show. And I think Denmark beats Poland, in my opinion, based on my predictions and move into face England. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I have Mexico in this one, and as Mexico dream of having that famous fifth game, the quarterfinal game that they haven't had since they've hosted the World Cups in 70 and 86, I think the end of the road for Tata Martino admits all the crises have been able to get through this far, which for me, after everything they've been through, I would characterize that as a success, to be honest. But ultimately, I think uh, the Danish team are just a bit better than them. So I'm going to pick them into the quarterfinals. Does Tata get sacked after they're eliminated? Oh, yeah. No, he's out. He's yeah, gone. For sure. Okay. Now, I thought so, too. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Last, last grouping in the round of 16, Belgium, Germany. My goodness. This one's a big one. Um tough to pick right i mean this is going to be one of those tenacious heavyweight boxing matches in my opinion ultimately though i think the belgian midfield is going to be way too tough to manage and i think belgium come out on top on this one over germany i think it's going to be very close this is my added extra time possible penalty kicks match um but i think belgium do prevail here what are your thoughts i disagree I disagree. I think there is something special about this Germany team. I I really think they can do something in this one. So we're going to differ on this one for the first time. And I'm going to say, yes, it will be one of those thrilling games. But for me, I think Germany gets through to the quarterfinals. Khan Bayazit versus Kevin Hatchard in our preview shows. We're going to have to, if it does come to that, we're going to have to chat with both of them because I think... It's going to be interesting to get their thoughts on on where this will go from there. Let's look at who that winner will face. In uh, I believe you and I should have Uruguay and Serbia in the last Correct. match. And right. um, man, I you know, and again, I love this Uruguayan side. I, I think you know, two time World Cup champion, but those days are long, long gone. Um, very, very talented. You know, fun to watch. Good in the midfield. But, man, this Serbian side has so much firepower that if they get out of their heads, they're going to roll on people. And I think they might get out of their heads um, getting out of the out of the group stage. And I think they beat Uruguay here. So I've got Serbia moving on in this one. What are your thoughts? Absolutely not. I disagree on this one. I think this Uruguay side, as great as Serbia could be, you know, some people are picking them as as their dark horse. Not for me. So having said that, I think Uruguay head off to the quarterfinals. I think this side, when you look at the talent that they have, the likes of Valverde, Suarez, Cavani, even if you don't need him, you get 
someone like Darwin Nunez to get in. Even looking back with the with the experience of a Jimenez, a Godin, a Muslera, I think somehow Uruguay are able to to fare out on this one. So for me, Uruguay head to the quarterfinals but to take Vla- on Germany. Vlaovic, Kostic, Mitrovic. No, no, I think they Malinkovic, get canceled out. Savic, I mean, come on. All right. No, no, All right, no, so, no. So this is so obviously when you and I watch the World Cup, this bottom of the bracket is going to be where we are going to be mega focused on. So we'll see, we'll uh, see. Yeah, we'll, right. we'll see what the quarterfinals is though. All right, let's starting do, from there. Let's do quarterfinals because quarterfinals, I think you know the the top quarterfinal match. I think are going to breeze through pretty quickly. Uh, Netherlands, Argentina for me, the Lionel Messi train keeps on rolling and Argentina beats the Netherlands in this one going to the semifinals. Your thoughts? Close one. Probably the biggest one. Another big challenge for Argentina. Back-to-back challenges between France and now the Netherlands. Always a classic game between Argentina and the Netherlands. They faced each other in the 78 World Cup final. Mm -hmm. The famous Bergkamp goal in 1998, if you remember, Joe. So that's another one to to remember. I see another classic in this one, but I do agree. I think the Lionel Messi train continues and rolls on to the semifinals once again, defeating the, the Dutch. Battle of the 2002 champion versus the 2010 champion, Spain and Brazil. Um, again, very, very talented Spain side, great youth midfield. Uh, Brazil's got everything. Like I said, we're not talking about Neymar. I got Brazil moving in on this one, beating Spain. What are your thoughts? Yeah, one of the classic. This is a big one, a really big one. I'm excited about this. And I think this Brazil side is and that's always been their big challenge, how they can fare against the European sides. They already beat one in Portugal. They're going to beat another Iberian neighbor in Spain. I think I agree on this one. And boy, we'll get to the semifinals in a bit, but man, we are in for one great one. Yeah. Well, let's look at the other side of the bracket. Let's do it. England, Denmark. Uh, this is, I, I've got a feeling we might differ here because. Maybe we'll see. We'll see. I got Denmark. Why? Because I, I, there's something about this Danish side, man. They are ridiculous. They were ridiculous in the Euros in 2021. They were ridiculous in qualifying. They beat France and topped their group. This is this team is real, man. And and I'm sorry, I I, I don't. I feel like this English side can be had. I I I've, I've told you this before, and I think other teams in the world see it. Not a lot of people are afraid of this England. As talented as they are, I don't think there are a lot of people that are afraid of this English side. And I think Denmark is one of those sides, and I think Denmark moves on because of it. Confidence. We're going to agree on this one. Yes, right. I think the Danish, uh, the, the, the dark horse of this World Cup is going to be Denmark. They continue on, and they roll to the semifinals. And obviously, I think for England and for Gareth Southgate, I think the end of the road it goes there. Another World Cup after so much hype and, and you know, unfortunately, them going to a semifinal in 2018, a Euro final in 2021, I think the end of the road is there against this Denmark side, who would get revenge, if you remember correctly. They, yes. they, this was the team that they beat back in the semifinals to, uh, last year. So revenge is going to be this case for this Danish side. So for me, they're off to the semifinals. And, and I think the injury bug, I think it should be said, the injury bug is really starting to bite England a little bit. So I think that there's something to be said for that. So... Uh, the last match, which we have completely different, I have Bel- I have Belgium Serbia, mm-hmm. and uh, and and I think this is going to be a very close match. I think this is for me if this match materializes, um, will be a very high scoring match. I think this is one of your four threes. I don't think it's going to be one of those seven one matches that we saw between Germany and, and Brazil back in 2014, but I, I do think this is going to be a very high scoring side or high scoring uh, affair, and I think. Belgium for me moves on from this one over Serbia. What are your th- what are your thoughts on your matchup? 
Well, on this one, if I had to pick, I'd pick Belgium to beat Serbia. Okay. For, and you need to predict my game too, of course. Absolutely. Uh, in this case, I have Germany, Uruguay, and I think, yeah, they're the, I think the talent and difference just is just better enough for Germany on this one. I think Germany are looking like a side that always in tournament football, yeah, with the exception of 2018, they know what it's like to play these tournaments. Yeah. Hansi Flick knows what to get the best out of them. So for me, my bets, and it's sad to see another a, a Uruguay side with a lot of history and, you know, kind of a neutral pick for a lot of people as well. The end of the road ends in another quarterfinal exit. So for me, Germany heads to the semifinals. So the the fork in the road that you and I created would definitely meet back again because I would also take Germany over Uruguay in this one. I think, you know, if, if this German side does get to this point, um, they are really flying high. They are really playing at the top of their game. And Hansi Flick, like you said, wonderful coach, knows the Bayern system and is going to have a plenty of Bayern players affecting this match. I, I think I would agree with you 100%. Germany get here, they're beating Serbia on their way to the semifinal. So um, let's do this semifinal first. I think the other one's going to dis- involve a, a minute or two of discussion. Yeah, let's um, do this. Let's do the, so, the one that is probably the least amount of discussion. So, and I'm going to be very, very simple with it. Denmark, Belgium. I think, the, I think the hype train finally comes to an end. I think Belgium moves on. I think, um, I think with Denmark, I think this is just probably a bridge too far at this point, given all the competition they will have faced getting to this point. Um, so I think for me, it would be Belgium here. You would have uh, Denmark, Germany. What would your thoughts be? Well, I would also pick Belgium in this one, which would make it to their first ever World Cup final. Hard to believe that. Yeah. that the, the best that they've done was third place back four years ago. They get to one up it and head off to a final for the first time. Just another maiden final in your in, in your estimation, because that would mean Croatia had done it four years ago. Now Belgium do it again. So, so you would take Denmark over Belgium. No, I picked Belgium over oh, Denmark. Right, okay. I see what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. For me, I have Denmark, Germany, and kind of the same theory. I think, you know, uh, the, the, the hype train for and the kind of the, the magical story for Denmark uh, ends there between the German efficiency and experience. I think this side just continues to roll on after of after going through so much expectation. And for me, they head off to their ninth total final in their history. They've won four, they've lost four. Now they're back again for the ninth time. So they're off to the World Cup final. I would agree with you if the if the matchup is Denmark-Germany. I do think uh, that the Germans would move on. They would move to their ninth final. Um, I, I think, you know, once once Germany gets to this point, they tend to go right straight through to the to the final. And, and I think this would be no different. So I would agree with you there. Germany would definitely take Denmark and make it to the World Cup final where they would face the... Here it is. Uh, Here it is. The, the last two Copa America winno- winners... They would face uh, a, two teams that between them have seven World Cup titles, right? Correct. Yep, that's um, it. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, 24 Copa Americas. Yep, and, and the defending Copa America champion, the champion of South America um, here in this uh, this matchup as well. And one of the, maybe the biggest rivalry in, in international soccer ever. Quite possibly there as well. I, there's so much that would ride on this Argentina-Brazil um, I would actually, I, I would almost venture a guess that regardless of, um, you know, we've picked Belgium or Germany to get to the final. I would argue that this semifinal matchup, if it does happen, would be the most watched match of the World Cup. What, were you, what do you think about that? Outside of the final? Yes, 100%. You think the final 100%. would, would garner, garner more eyes? It's a final. Yeah, I, I know, but but 
it's it's the final. It's Messi no, it's versus final. Brazil. Everyone watches the final. It's, Everyone watches the final, Joe. I mean, a year ago, I pulled a television out onto my deck to watch this match. You know, I mean, I had people at my house. It was crazy. Um, but let, I, I, I think I think it'll be close. Let's put it that way. Absolutely, hundred percent. So let, let's let's at least agree on this. If you set the over under at a billion eyes for this Argentina Brazil match in the semifinal of the World Cup. I would take the over. What do you think? Well, well, considering we have eight billion now in this world, yes, hundred percent over. <laughs> well, I know, I know. I think the last World Cup final, I think, was watched by one point two billion. I Something think. like that, maybe a bit more, but yeah. Yep. So. so that's why I'm I'm going on on that number, and I think there would be over a billion eyes on this match. Um, having said that, the the again the rematch of the 2021 Copa America final. I'll tell you, this this is this is the time. This is the moment. It just feels like the moment where we etch another name in the stars and I'm going to leave it at that. And I'm going to say Argentina beats Brazil again and moves on to the world cup final. Your thoughts. The the last time these two faced in a world cup was at Italia 90. It was in the round of 16 at, you know, this is actually a cool fun fact. It was at the old stadium, not the Juventus stadium. I forgot the name of it. The old Juventus stadium, the, uh, uh, Stadio, yeah, you, you know what I'm talking about. This uh, was uh, in Stadio Della Alpi. Della Alpi, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Argentina won that game 1-0 and headed up all the way going to the final. I think, yeah, the circumstances are different. It's it's big. It's huge. You know, this is one of those games where, you know, the winner of it will be remembered for forever and the loser will have to deal with it for quite some time. It's not a final. You know, it's it's not a final, but... When it gets as big as these games, you don't know what could happen, especially when these two teams hate each other. And I mean do hate each other. Having said that, I think we are in for maybe one of the greatest World Cup games of all time if, if we get to this. And hopefully we get to that mm. because, you know, the stars are there. Neymar, um, Messi, the young stars, Lautaro, Vinicius Jr., goalkeepers, Emiela Martinez, Allison, the list goes on and on. And I'm a believer of destiny, and especially considering these two have already faced each other a year ago with the same players, same managers, same, you know, stakes, if you could say. Yeah, one was a final and a semifinal, but still, they know they can beat each other. That's, that's already been done, and I think lightning strikes twice again. And just like it was in 1990, Argentina will beat Brazil, and Argentina will play for the World Cup final against Germany like it was in 1990 and 2014. So let's talk about that World Cup final because I have a different final from you, my friend. Let's talk about mine quickly, okay? And, and let's, let's give you, I, I will give you my champion out of my final, um, Argentina-Belgium. Belgium there for the first time. This is the, the twilight of the golden age of the Belgian national team. This is probably as good as they're going to be. Um, and, and again, as good as they're going to be is, is phenomenal, right? This is, this is one of the great golden ages of world football rise, re-rise of Belgian football, but this is Lionel Messi on the other side. This is a Scolari, I'm sorry, not a Scaloni side, not Scolari. Scolari's the Brazilian coach or formerly, this is a Scaloni side that is, you know, for me, they've figured out how to play with Lionel Messi. And you've heard me say this on this show a million times. Barcelona knew how to play with Lionel Messi, okay? 
Argentina never knew or never figured out how to play with Lionel Messi. Argentina has figured out how to play with Lionel Messi. It's late. It's very late, but they have figured it out. And for me, Belgium's twilight of their golden age comes at the rise of Lionel Messi and his, his pinnacle moment in world football and where he was so disappointed in 2014. And it was such a, such a heartbreaking loss for your messy uh, fans and supporters and worshipers. Um, this is going to be different. And I think Argentina wins this match. I think Argentina wins this World Cup. And I think Lionel Messi etches his name in the stars next to Diego Maradona, Pele, and, 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 and above everybody else's name. Settles the Cristiano Ronaldo-Lionel Messi argument. There will be no argument. And this will be Argentina's World Cup to have, their third title ever in their history. Um, and, uh, and it's going to be something magnificent to watch. That's my opinion of Argentina-Belgium. What is your, Argent- your opinion of Argentina-Belgium? And then we'll go to Argentina-Germany. I would say the same thing. I, I think, you know, just based on the football, because I'll get to the the, the, uh, the, the, the the sentimental part in a bit. But, yeah, I just think there's Argentinas that are just a bit better than Belgium, that if they were to play in a hypothetical final, I would say Argentina wins this. Belgium, you know, making it to their best ever appearance, the likes of De Bruyne, Hazard, Lukaku, Courtois, and the list goes on and on. Roberto Martinez even getting this side to that far. I think they would still be treated as heroes in mm. Belgium, even if they don't win it. I mean, come on. They, they've never won anything close. But to get to second place where, you know, in, in the history of, of world football, it's only happened. I just want to just double check here. You know, it's, it's happened a few times, nine times. Yeah. So, it's you know, it's it's possible. Nine different countries, I should say. Sorry. Yeah. So for them to be the 10th country overall to do it out of 200 nations in FIFA, big achievement for them. So, Absolutely. yeah, I think that I think that would settle it there for me, though. I have Argentina, Germany, a repeat of the 2014 World Cup final. We remember that final, Joe, the one that Mario Goetze, who ironically is at this World Cup. Talk about destiny. Yeah. Uh, And the the stars aligning. Messi is back at this one. They play against each other again, assuming Goetze gets some playing minutes, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, We saw the the kind of the the reaction. I I think one of the, the lasting photos i think in world cup history is not even the ones of them lifting the trophy but if you remember the 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 famous trophy the famous photo when argentina you know because after every after every world cup final who goes in to get their medals first the losers the losers right and the photo of argentina walking past all the players were walking past the manager everyone and the last one was Lionel messi he was the captain right and the for some it's a heartbreaking photo and you know for some it's a it's a it's a really good one and it's it kind of it could be one that could indeed be back in kind of the, you know the the giants that have been defeated and but then they rise up. The famous photo of him walking past the World Cup trophy, mm-hmm. the one that he couldn't touch back in 2014. Mm-hmm. It, it it could be a case of of another great one. Argentina and Germany. This would be the fourth time that these two would face each other in a World Cup final, the most ever in history. They've already played each other the most times, so it would be one more. And I think, yeah, similar to what you said, I, I, I see destiny in this one. I, I see, you know, the, the, the spirit of Diego Maradona, who, you know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate this will be the first World Cup without him uh, living, of course. Um, you know, we always remember Diego at World Cups being as a fan, a coach, a player, you know, he's always kind of connected to that. 
the first one without it will be very different. And I think just this Argentina side, the way that Scaloni has been playing, it, it, I think they break the, for me, they're going to break the all-time, unfortunately, sorry to you, Joe, they would break the all-time international record held by Italy because at the time of their, them playing the final, they would be at 41 games unbeaten. Right. I think they go 42. And I think they would go 42 and win that third star. And for me, you know, Lionel Messi ends a wonderful career. For me, maybe the greatest of all time. Scaloni puts himself in the in the argument of greatest managers of all time. Can you believe it? World Cup fight, World Cup trophy after a Copa America trophy. And yeah. this guy is is an experience. He he was only got the job four years ago, his first ever job. And to do that, I mean, wow, that would be something special. So for me. I see Argentina defeating Germany in the World Cup final. And I guess we're, we're in agreement with this one, that they, he wins their third star. But let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. This is the one I've always wanted to know. Because, of course, since we have the, um, the winners that are the same in this case, for you, if Argentina win this World Cup, if you're Lionel Messi, and not if you are Lionel Messi, but what you think could happen as well. I'm just asking you two questions. Do you say, that's it, I'm done? I don't want to play football anymore. If if I am Lionel Messi, if if that was me, yes, yeah. I sail off into the sunset. I've made all the money, I've won all the trophies, I've I've conquered every hill. Yeah, there's nothing left to do. There's there's nothing left in world football. I've won every title, every title. I mean every every title, every title. Um, yeah, I walk away. Will Lionel Messi walk away? No, nope. I think uh, I think ultimately that man is going to retire on South Beach in a pink stadium for a couple of seasons, and uh, and then he'll call it quits. But uh, yeah, if I'm Lionel Messi, I completely walk away. I I literally like announce it on the stage as I'm hoisting the trophy. I'm out. I'm done. But uh, yeah, that's that's my opinion. I don't think he'll retire even if he wins this. Um, I think he'll probably see Lionel Messi around for a couple more seasons, and then I think he'll be done. What, I mean, what do you think? Yeah, no, I agree. Mm-hmm. I think he still has something to prove. Hey, maybe if, he, maybe if we're lucky enough, maybe we see him in four years' time. <laughs> we'll run up to New England and watch him. <laughs> so I don't care. I'll go anywhere. If Messi's here in the States, I'll go anywhere. No, I know. We've, we've done that. You and, I, you and I have done that together, my friend. I know that. So let's talk about some of the, the awards that we'll see in this tournament. Um, let, let's go from bottom to top. Young player. Uh, I had to think about this a little bit. I wanted to pick, uh, I'll be honest, I wanted to pick Vinicius Jr., but he is too old to be the young player at 22. So it's I'm funny gonna go... how you say old in that one. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Um, I wanted to pick Bukayo Saka. Uh, I don't think he'll last far enough. So I'm, I, think, um, I think I'm going to actually, you know, another guy that's not going to last far enough, but I think we'll have a bigger impact. I think I'm going to go with Pedri on this one. How about you? Well, it's interesting. This is, this is always the good one. I think the odds were like, a, I think Jude Bellingham was the favorite right now to to um to win it so i'm gonna disagree with this one and i'm gonna go for someone that i think he has a bright future he has a really bright future i i do like what i see from this Bayern munich side and i think he you know the fact that he's only 19 is incredible and it feels like he's been playing for quite some time um my pick is jamal musiala yeah as the best young player yeah good choice especially if you've got them going to the final definitely a good choice for that one um golden glove or, or you know uh best goalkeeper for me i, I mean it's pretty easy I probably should have picked Emiliano Martinez, but I went with Thibaut Courtois in this one, seeing that Belgium, for me, would get to the final. I think uh, Courtois is going to have a big hand in getting them as far as they go. Uh, <laughs> no pun Love intended. Pun. Yeah, I was to say. <laughs> um, yeah, but I'm going to go with Thibaut Courtois in this one. How about you? 
you know, it's interesting. The, the, typically, the Golden Glove winners are the winners of the World Cup. Um, Courtois was the first one to do it, I think, since Khan. But Khan had a wonderful World Cup that he won the Golden Ball. So that, that, that there's an exception there. I'm going to go for Emilio Martinez as well. I, I think he's this Argentina side don't concede goals. Um, and I think, I think some good performances will allow him to get into that. So, yeah, I'm going to say... I'm going to say Golden Glove for Emiliano Martinez. All right. Uh, for me, Golden Boot and Golden Ball um, are going to go hand in hand. But I'm going to go, and I, th- I think they're going to go hand in hand for you too. But uh, I'm going to go Golden Boot, boot uh, top goal scorer. And I'm going to say this is Lionel Messi's tournament. Lionel Messi's going to score the most goals. How about you? Fun fact. Uh, I want to see if you know this one. Who was the last player to win the Golden Ball and the Golden Shoe at a World Cup? It's a name you know. You should know. Yeah. Um, he won the World Cup that year. So is it El Phenomeno? No, wait a bit, a bit before that. Oh, Recently passed away, what, unfortunately. Oh, um, it's not Diego Maradona. Nope. Right before that, though. Right before. Oh, uh, Paulo Rossi. Paulo Rossi. He yeah. was the last one to win the Golden Shoe, Golden Boot in this case, and the Golden Ball. He was the best player and the best, the, the top goal scorer. Wow. So for me, I'm going Golden Boot. I'm going to Lionel Messi, and I'm going to give you Golden Ball as well. Might as well, um, because if Lionel Messi scores the most goals and Lionel Messi wins the World Cup, there is no way on God's green earth that Lionel Messi will not get the Golden Ball as the most valuable player of this tournament. What are your thoughts? The last player to win the Golden Ball, um, and this might be a, a dagger to your to your heart. <laughs> Uh, was Romario of in '94? Of course it was. I was thinking about. I saw. I saw the pictures of uh, Roberto Baggio today, and I was like, it, it churned my stomach. So, so the last six, the last six Golden Ball winners are all players that didn't win the World Cup. I think it changes though this time around. I, I agree. I think if you are the top goal scorer, and especially if you're a guy like Lionel Messi, why on earth would you not give him the Golden Ball? Mm. So for me, yeah, I think he does the double and well, treble in this case because he would win the World Cup uh, and wins the Golden Ball for the second time. I think I think no other player in, in history has ever won the Golden Ball twice. I have to double check it. I think not even Pele has done that either. But yeah, for me, um, yeah, Messi wins the golden ball once again. So let me ask you this. I'll ask you a question. If, sure. if, if Lionel Messi wins the golden boot as the most goals in the World Cup, but does not win the World Cup, does he get the golden ball again? Ooh. If, if history is good, if, if, if we anything, if we learn anything from history, yes. Okay. Yeah, I'd say so. Okay. And it would have to, someone else would have to stand out, but Yeah. Yeah, and unfortunately, as much as Lionel Messi, if, if I'm Lionel Messi, I don't think he cares about a golden ball or a golden boot. He wants to win the gold trophy with the big world on it, uh, the globe on it. So that's that's the World Cup trophy. All right, so that's a nice segue into my uh, my trivia answer, right? I gave you a trivia question uh, in terms of active players at this World Cup. Can you tell me who scored the most goals career active and who scored the most assists active at this World Cup? I feel like it's too obvious. Okay. It could be too obvious. For top goal scorer, mm-hmm. is it Cristiano Ronaldo? It is not. Okay. Well, then, all right. Then I'll, I'll hold on to that and give you the top assist one. Okay. Uh, is it Lionel Messi? It is not. Okay. And I'll give you, uh, a, I'll give you a hint. 
it's the same player. Okay. So I just I wow. just I just ruled Messi and Ronaldo out for you. It's the same player. Oh man, I don't know. I'm trying to think here. Um I'm gonna say, oh man, I don't I don't know. It, it can't be Neymar, it can't be and, and Muller. I, I find this one hard to believe, but Me but, too, yeah. But Bleacher I, I, Report has this. They tweeted it on November fifteenth, World Cup roster records, most goals at the World Cup and most assists at the oh, World Cup. Oh, most goals at the World Cup. Yes, at the World Cup. Oh, Thomas Muller. Thomas Muller, most goals ten, most assists six. Yeah. Most appearances at the World Cup, Lionel Messi. So you had one name. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Another, you know, a few other cute facts from their tweet. Um, the tallest player, Andreas <laughs> Nopert from the Netherlands at six foot six. Shortest player at the World Cup, Ilias Char from Morocco at five foot two. The Ooh. oldest player at the World Cup, Alfredo Talavera, forty years old. And the youngest player at the World Cup, Yusufa Mukoko from Germany, seventeen years old. What have you done with your life? clearly not played in a world cup so without further ado my friend let's hit the closing music let's do it all right here we go so for episode 371 of low limit football i would like to specially thank all the guests that helped us put together the uh the preview shows that we uh put together and released out earlier this week we're grateful to all of you for helping us with another massive project um, definitely go out and check your local listings for the matches for the World Cup. They begin as early as 5 a.m. Eastern. And go and enjoy Qatar and Ecuador. The World Cup is here. So for episode 371 of Low Limit Football, I'm Joe Ucello. I'm Roberto Rojas. Guys, enjoy the World Cup and enjoy all the great moments that we'll get to it. Exactly what he said. Thanks for listening and good night.